welcome back to the Four Bananas podcast where we look at topics that affect our everyday lives. The Four Bananas is hosted by Andrew, Dom, Jenny, and Jeff. Four Asians brought up in Sydney, Australia, who identify as a banana, yellow on the outside, but white on the inside. For today's topic, being the only generation where we had technology grow up with us, we'll be discussing around one central question. Do you think technology is better or worse for us? So let's start with a general context. How many hours do you think millennials spend a day on their phones? And what's the average spent per person? So funny enough, I did a, I did a video on this. And if I recall correctly, it was like six or eight hours right, per person on average. Six or eight hours. That's like a, a third to a quarter of a day. Yeah. Yeah, basically. It's like a bit less than your work time, but very significant amount of time wait is that research based on people at work as well like if we're, if we're in an office-based job that's eight hours a day yeah so, so i think this is more towards like leisure oh so out of the hours when you're not working how many hours do you spend on technology mm. how do they track that is it every time you go onto instagram mm-hmm it's, it's just in general, like phone usage, like, you know, how on your phones, you can, you can see how, how many hours you used. Yeah. 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 It's mainly that. It's mainly oh, that's that sort from of that. Data. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I argue that my time is like not correct because I'll leave my phone on for Pokemon just catching, but I'm not actually there. <laughs> so like, if I look at my phone report, it says like, maybe this week I'm used I don't know, eight hours more than last, but it's just because I'm playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Wait, so what do you like? So you leave it on and you do other tasks while it's on. Yeah, basically, but that counts towards screen time. So if I open up the app right now, it says like eleven hours, oh, okay. but I definitely don't do that. <laughs> it's still a distraction, though. I guess I think that's the reason why. Okay, so, so I think everyone's had a good, fair guess. So on average, the average time globally is around three hours. Okay, three hours and 15 oh. minutes. But for millennials, it's 5.7 hours. So it's around six hours. Okay. So it's around 25% of your day is spent just on your phones. Does that place it into perspective? Yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. you go, you see them on their phones and stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean they? Aren't, aren't we millennials? No. <laughs> well, I'm actually surprised it's, a bit, it's less than I thought, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Hmm. I, know, I know personally for me, like I use it. I feel like I use it way mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so that's one piece of technology that has changed a lot over the years. So do you all remember what your first technology gadget was and how you actually used it? I think it depends what you mean by technology gadget. Cause mm. when I think about like the first memory of technology, I remember like having a computer that ran like windows 98 using floppy disks for, I think in like year five, we had like some assignments where we had to save and like download files that were in word. So we used like floppy disks for that. But um, yeah, I think that's my earliest memory playing um, games on the 98, kind of like these educational games, but they were like very 
just uh, like text and very low visual requirement based. Mine was the Game Boy, one of the very first Game Boys, like with no oh, color. Oh, the brick. Huge and bulky. Yeah, the brick. Exactly. That you had to use batteries. Yeah. Like not not the rechargeable was, ones. Was that before or after the you got a PC? I actually don't remember. Before this is way before. Was it? I was probably like four years old or something. But my dad got me the one of the very first Game Boys. Had Mario on it. Like I, I remember having the Game Boy Game Boy as well and buying those cartridges from yeah, the cartridges. Asian countries which have like 150 games on them. <laughs> yeah, I had that too. <laughs> Good value, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think for me, like my first gadget was more like a cassette player. Ooh, Actual like wow. cassette player. It was like for kids, right? There's like Mickey Mouse and everything on it. Yeah. And then, yeah, for me, that was like very interesting. It was just like there was music that you could play out of it so, sort of thing I thought it was a toy but it's more like a technology gadget you can actually put a cassette tape inside and then you can full like listen to like different stories audio those sorts of things I mean like back in the days like we there, there, there was cassette tapes like even in cars and everything yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. you hardly see it now <laughs> are those specialized yeah. cassette tapes with the Mickey Mouse because I feel like I, <laughs> no because no, no, from what I remember is you can only play cassette tapes from that brand oh you know, you know what i mean it's like if you buy a mickey mouse one you can only listen to disney cassette tapes because the sizing is built oh. for that only oh didn't know about that uh, um, yeah i'm not sure about that actually i thought it was a standard yeah, standardized same. size for the cassette tape it's itself yeah oh, okay I don't, I don't know i feel like some <laughs> toys they just want to you know make yep. their other like yep. other products just yeah. sell more see i see okay so 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 i guess we went down and looked at what our first technology ga- gadget was but um what would be your favorite technology gadget and why would it be your favorite i don't think i would have any favorite ones because i never really owned anything because it's always been shared with me and my sibling um, so don't really have much emotional attachment to any of them. So I don't really have a favorite in that case. Uh, but the one that I played the most, I guess, as a kid, would mostly be the Game Boy, I guess, because it's, it's portable, right? Usually if, if it's a computer, you can only do it, you can only play with it at home. Um, and on a Game Boy, it's actually games. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember what I did with my computer because... I only got it because my brother had one as well. And my dad's like, i got to be fair. i got to get you one as well. But I hardly <laughs> use it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it depends. Like, we, I think we should give the, the listeners some context. Because not all of us are, like, big on tech. Like, some of us might be like, oh, tech is just something for, like, a means to an end. Whereas some of us are like, oh, we love tech. Like, I know for you, Andrew, like, you really enjoy tech. You enjoy, like, uh, figuring it out. Like, customization. I remember you playing with like the Arduinos and stuff and um, I know I tried it a little bit in uni but then yeah Jeff's laughing because like I think we're part of that create society yeah <laughs> me and Dom we joined this society where we um, you know program Arduinos and like solder onto our breadboards like to make things but oh my god like just how long did coding that last? Pie, oh. not very long at all <laughs> <laughs> probably went to two at most 
two after school <laughs> workshops and that's yeah. it oh, i'm done <laughs> so 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 i guess like those sorts of technologies you're not you're not you guys aren't as interested but like what was your first console so i guess jeff's one was game boy mm. same with Ginny. i feel what like it's the same that's the same like for everyone like i remember having game boy color um playing like pokemon yellow on it mm-hmm. um buying those like random cartridges from every time i went back to malaysia mm-hmm. and then i think after that the next console because i think i got into gaming right so that it was then the 98 uh pc and then playstation 1 playstation 2 and then i grew out of consoles I think for me, the first one, the first console I got was Game Boy Advance. So I didn't have just Game Boy or Game Boy Color, right? It was Game Boy Advance. And then I got PS2 right near the end when PS3 came out. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm usually a bit more delayed for for, for the game consoles. Oh yeah, that too. It's way cheaper, exactly. (laughs) And you know which games are good and which ones are bad. That is true. That is true. That is true. You have a lot more variety. Yeah. Okay, so so I guess like th- those are some of the, our favorite technology gadgets or game consoles that we used to play around with. So have you ever seen any weird and wacky sort of technology and gadgets in general? Okay, I don't know if it's weird to say, but I think the Switch is the weirdest. Huh? Uh, how so? How, how so? Like you're talking about this transforming thing, right? It's a console which you can transform to make it portable and you could transform it to like broadcast everything onto the TV. So is it weird Plus, and cool? Yes, weird okay, cool. and cool. Like, mm-hmm. I think it might not be perfect, but it, I feel like it's a prototype to mm. what we can achieve beyond this. Because think about it, the controls you can take off, you can mm. customize, right? Mm-hmm. Like just everything about it is transformable. Um, yeah, we might we might have got used to it now. It's like, oh yeah, it's just another console. But I I think it's super weird for it, for something like that to be to come out. Mm-hmm. It's super innovative. Yeah, it's quite deep. I've never thought about Switch like that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's haven't you realized? No, as if I swear, it's so innovative. Like since I don't know what the last most innovative thing I can't even think of one but the most recent one is like the Switch right yeah you can use it in so many different settings even the controllers themselves they're not just controllers like you can use them for like uh, shaking them you can yeah. move them up and down like they have sensors in them um, and it's so easy that you can just take a controller give it to someone else and it'll still work fine and they can play it's just I don't know exactly okay so when the Wii came out Wii yes. was for casual people right uh-huh. People who don't really know how to game, but they can use their motion yep. to control the game. And then you have hardcore gamers that are on console, Xbox, PlayStation. And then the Switch came out and you brought both parties mm. into oh. into this same system. You have both casual players now and hardcore gamers. Damn, that is such a great breakdown of it. You know, as someone who doesn't <laughs> use much console or game much, like every time I go to my friend's place and we play them, um, it's just like, oh yeah, it's easy to use. It's it's straightforward, but never really put thought into that. See, exactly. A non-gamer like you is so intuitive to play the mm. Switch and no other console. I would say one downfall of the Switch though, 
I don't think it's a very single player type of console. It's like very good for collaborative. Mm. Um, I know there's a lot of great single player uses, but I have a Switch. I haven't touched it in like maybe over a year. <laughs> yeah, it, I think the way it transforms really incentivizes you to co-op. And when you can't, it's just like, oh. actually, that. Yeah, that reminds me because you know how you said like it's not the controllers don't don't feel right for yeah. single player. Yeah. That's why they they got they ah, they made the those, switch light. Ah, yeah, yeah. And that's for single player now. <laughs> <laughs> they solved it. I see. I see. I I think I think for me in terms of weird and wacky technologies I've seen is like when I was in, I think it was Japan. I actually saw one of those robots in the airport where they actually guide you what terminal you need to go to for particular places and they just drive around um the actual airport area what the heck yeah that's pretty sick i've never seen which airport osaka yeah Yeah, i think it was tokyo pretty sure it's tokyo airport yeah yeah it's just like a actual robot and then people like noticed and would follow it in general and it was good because it helped it helped guide guide people to different spots within the actual airport so you would you would actually place in like particular like shops like for example i want to go to 7-eleven like within the airport i don't know where it is and then just and then it will be like oh just follow me and then and then the robot will actually guide you all the way to to, to 7-eleven and just follow it that sounds such a japanese thing to do <laughs> like, yeah, i bet the does. robot is cute with a cute voice yeah it does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so now that we know all the different sorts of gadgets and consoles over the years, I guess this brings about one particular question. So do you think people are growing up differently with technology nowadays? I do think so. Uh, So my best friend has nieces and nephews and just listening to the stories that she tells me and also like sometimes seeing them... um, they seem to be much smarter than what we were back then. Like they think much faster, but at the same time, they they're easily distracted by different things. Um, so I'm not too sure if it's like a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> would Would you want that for your own kids in the future? It, it's quite hard because if you don't give them to if you don't give them um, <laughs> these gadgets, they're they're basically not being a part of the society right but then if you do give it to them right. how much is too much mm. yeah that's sound, yeah i think it's like a very fine line it's like parental control stuff now right yeah there, there is actually um yeah so there's an interesting story that my friend told me about is the way that we gesture the phone so you know how back then when we were kids when you say oh yeah call me and then when you gesture it you kind of put up your thumb and then you have your pinky and then you put it towards your your ear. But then nowadays, if you ask a kid to do that, they'll just hold it up like they're holding a block and then just put it towards the ear. So it's no longer that, like the same gesture that That's we That's true. Anymore. Oh my gosh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm. No, but we can bring it back. I've seen people <laughs> on like the New York subway where they have their phone and then they have like the plug-in to the audio. And then on the other side, like... It, it's an actual like old school headset so they're holding it like an old school headset and it actually works like in that way 
do you, do you get what I mean? Like, oh, so the old school yes. headset that you'd actually pick up. So with the pinky and the thumb, um, there's a audio output at your ear and then an audio input for your mouth. So that old school headset then plugs into your phone so you can use, I guess, like, like reminisce about how you used to use phones. But I think their target audience is us who actually use that before. <laughs> As a kid, and you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember my parents using that. But like nowadays, kids will look at their parents and they're all holding on to a smartphone anyway. But you know how you're speaking about, Jenny, about how now kids, if you ask them to pretend to hold a phone to their face, they get hold up a block? It reminds yeah. me of, you know in Microsoft Word, the save icon? Like we all know <laughs> where that came from, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you ask a kid now, it's like, what is that? They're like, oh, it's just a safe. But it's like, but what is it? It's like, it's just a save. But, you know, we know, we know where you, it is. You from. printed out the save icon and you give them a floppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, printed the save icon. No, yeah. no, like actually, like kids, like when they see the floppy disk, they thought it was 3D printed. Yeah. They, they were like, oh, you 3D printed out the save icon. That's pretty cool. And it's just like, uh... Hey, what about the, the, the core icon on your phones right now? Because I'm looking at my phone and it still mm. has that the old-fashioned phone oh yeah on my icon what's your one no yeah still got it yeah what, what? if you look I don't at think, your like, phone what would they even change it to in the future like a picture of it's a block a block <laughs> yeah. that would be so weird just like a square block yeah it's got a nice shape and nice symbolism yeah. to it I think it'll stay mm. no I, I, I think by the time like smartphones are like these sorts of you know, old phones that we think about now, it's going to turn into that actual symbol and we're going to use another method instead of just mobile phones. Perhaps. perhaps. Like, <laughs> like built into your brain kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so so I guess, I guess like growing up di- is quite different with technology um, in general. Um, so you were saying, Ginny, that it was mainly uh, the fact that that the, the kids themselves were thinking very fast, but... They were also having less of an attention span, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like how I thought of it was more of like it's true, but it's also I think there's less creativity. There's less creativity when you're using technology because everything is already defined within that technology of what you can and can't do. When you think about it, like that's how I see it. Like because like for example, if you had like Lego blocks, you can build anything with the Lego blocks, whereas. <laughs> Whereas, like, like in comparison to an iPad, for with a drawing program or something, you can you can theoretically draw everything or anything, but that's the that's still defined by whatever's on that iPad. Uh, is that something that you've like, seen as an it. example, or is that just something that you think is how kids mm-hmm. are these days? No, that's something that I've seen as well. Like from my cousins as well. Like when like what like when they play with Lego. And when they play with the, the consoles, firstly, the amount of excitement that they have, right? Obviously, um, because everyone plays with consoles these days. And the second thing is like, when they play with Lego, they have this, such a short attention span. By the time their creativity comes out, right? They're just like, oh, it's, it's too boring. They just go back to the, the usual. Like they always, it feels like they, they like to get quick satisfaction. Um, that, 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 that's what it feels like. That might come into a, parenting problem i feel like Uh. and what programs you expose them to Mm. because minecraft for example Mm. Mm, i was gonna say very yeah exactly very simple you just build a house right Mm. no no that minecraft has command blocks now 
mm. and command blocks is basically you place down these blocks in my in the minecraft world and what you do is you can use the minecraft language and code in that block and you can activate it right and that would change that would change the game the minecraft game itself oh. and i've seen kids use hundreds and thousands of these command blocks to make a calculator or a clock or even a computer or you could play minecraft in minecraft <laughs> oh wow yeah so like in this situation is it really limiting their creativity it's true i think it's not like <laughs> we i can't imagine yep, how yep. we can do that mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. I, I think for for like how i see it it's more towards the like because i mean at the end of the day like your minecraft uh coding block is still touching into the the logical side of the brain i guess like when you're like touching into it but more i'm thinking more towards the creative emotional side of the brain right because like i'm just thinking like creativity and logic is there's two different sides of the brain right but if the 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 creativity still stems solely from the logical side it still limits the creative side this is kind of how i see it i'm I'm not sure right like that's just how i see it yeah yeah so i've seen because i've done a few stem stuff for uh my previous company and so one of the projects that they had to do was they use lego or lego equivalent and then they had to code it to do something and the the things that they ask it to do is something they have to come up for um themselves and i gotta say the things are like oh the robot has to detect someone standing three meters away from it and it'll have to swerve away from it automatically it's those type of things and then just listening to them telling me what they want their like the mission of their robot i'm just thinking i would never have thought of that if i was back in year six so that's why i feel feel like they they're much smarter and i don't know it's just their their brains are working Mm. like a different level Mm -hmm. i think yeah i think yep Kids these days are a lot better at problem solving than we were. We, mm. I don't know, we were more like like eyes and what we see and what we touch. That's what we grew up with. So our problem solving was more um, in the physical realm, whereas for them, it's more in the mental realm, I feel. Mm. Because for digital them... Digital realm? Or yeah, digital, yeah, digital realm digital, or whatever. Because yeah. like you said, in Minecraft, they're doing using command blocks or in Jin's example they're trying to figure out how a robot can detect at a certain distance so it's all kind of you need a digital aspect to it whereas for us it was like maybe how do i build this spaceship and you would do so using uh lego blocks or you know whatever you know physical things that you have okay so so continuing on um so like i guess the 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 digital realm and the like physical realm is just two different ways of like solving the problem like like i think i think that's one of the reasons why like i feel like engineering is also changing a lot more into like more of the digital sort of space rather than the usual like the traditional like civil engineering mechanical engineering those sorts of things where it's more of the more of the yeah more more of the physical space instead of the um digital digital space is how i see it um so do you think we're actually better off with or without technology i think overall we are better off with technology 
but I guess with everything, there's always a but, there's always like a catch. I don't know if you guys have seen um, that movie, I think it's about like social media and about how it f- has affected us. I think it's, social, it's on Netflix. Social Dilemma? Social Dilemma, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I think after watching that, it does make you think, yes, social media is great or like technology is great and it's brought us closer. It lets us connect with people all around the world. But you also think at what cost? Because I think with a lot of things, especially say for social media, for example, we surpassed the point where it became uh, good rather than bad. So yes, we were able to connect with each other. You don't have to have pen pals anymore. You can do instant messaging. You can do video calls. Like I can connect with my relatives overseas in an instant. But at the same time, social media has now made me spend eight hours as opposed to one hour a day on social media. I think from my, from my perspective, it's not so much about the time, but the content you look on social media. We're, we're very connected, as you said, but at the same time, there's this, there's this notion where you can validate yourself now. So what I mean by that is if your opinion is wrong, you can validate that your opinion is right by going into a forum where your opinion is correct. Oh, and right. You create these echo chambers, right? So in that aspect, if you're in an echo chamber and you spend six hours on it, then oh boy, you're going to have some very... Uh, how, do, how do you say it? Like, yeah, I get very, what you mean. Very bad mentality. Is this where it's like you believe in a certain fact like anti-vaxxing or whatever yeah. and then you like go online to find other like-minded people exactly. to reaffirm yep. your own... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get Facebook mums or <laughs> oh, <laughs> flat <Karens>. earthers. <laughs> exactly. All the Karens, right? Um, that That also comes into the fact that the companies themselves with their recommendation engine right they so for people that don't know recommendation engine is one of the like technologies a lot of social media sites use to recommend content that you like so if your opinion is very strong in one aspect it will only show you content in that particular aspect and it means that people are less less uh they, they won't be able to see the overall perspective of a situation and then less well-rounded in their overall opinions, which is which which has co- actually caused I feel like the like there's there's been a lot of like like actual hate like within this world like after social media has come through because of the fact that like it validates people that might not have a full perspective of a situation. Yes, it, it's become a me versus you kind of thing. Mm. It's not it's not about civilized discussion anymore it's whether it's it's you are right and the other person is wrong yeah and it's so much hate oh my god so toxic i saw this uh particular person what he does to fool the recommendation engine he deliberately looks at articles that he doesn't agree with so the recommendation engine always suggests articles that is totally different to his other perspective and that way he has both perspectives because he understands his own perspective, right? And then the recommendation engine will show the other perspective so that he has more well-rounded sort of uh, view of the world. Like that's how he does it, but I'm not sure how good it is. Like, I've never tried it, but it's, it's an interesting way of approaching it, like the problem. See, that would work for a friend like that, but 
say for other people who aren't as open-minded in wanting to know about the other perspective, then mm. it's just the forever hole digging process. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So in yep. the end, I feel like it just comes down to how you use it. You can't mm. really stop what's going on it, but it's mm. ha- what you see and what you choose yep. to see. Mm. What, what, what about inaccessibility to technology? Like it's, it's getting very good in terms of like technology helping the general population. But what about the minorities? Have you guys ever thought of that? Wait, what do you mean? Like people that don't have access to smartphones, for well, example? Mm, you know, that is one, one, one form of minority, right? Like people that don't have access to smartphones, computers. It's just the technology that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis, right? Like what about those people? Or even people that might have disabilities to be able to access technology as easily. They might need specific particular devices to access it. Like think, just think of like people that need to use voice technology. What if they usually use sign language to communicate with people and then the whole world uses voice technology in the future? Like how, how, how do they look into technology, right? Like how, how would they see it? I feel like there's a lot of workarounds these days, right? There's a lot of advances in technology to help with inclusion especially like you mentioned, people with disabilities so that they can be just as involved in society as a fully able-bodied person. Um, so yeah, like technology, for example, uh, people who have had accidents and they're no longer able to move their mouth or move their limbs, um, there are implants that they can get where it translates like brain impulses or um, like electrical signals into actual like content that the everyday person can consume and um, respond to. So I think in, in that sense, technology has really come a long way. And thinking of that as well for fully able-bodied people, like for example, your, so your, your smartwatches now, like previously you just have an analog watch and now these days with your smartwatches, it kind of creates this um, competition almost. Like I have this competition with a friend of mine and she does like 10,000 steps a day. And I'm like, because of this technology now available, I'm like, I kind of want to be more active as well. Mm. But I, I like, that is a good point. I, I, I definitely feel like technology has helped those people become a lot more included. I think just people that create technology will need to be even more mindful as technology step, like, like becomes a bigger part of our lives. They just need to ensure that it includes people that are already disadvantaged initially rather than the general population. It's hard, I think, because at the end of the day, these companies are trying to earn money, mm. especially from the larger population rather than the minorities. But like, yeah, it, it's just something that they should definitely consider to like, it, it's more of an ethical sort of uh, decision, uh, like social responsibility, I would say. Yeah, that's what society is for, right? <laughs> uh, it's definitely come a long, long way. It, it's not, technology hasn't, hasn't covered all bases of accessibility, but it's come a long way. And from YouTube recommendations, I see that they're slowly going towards that solution mm-hmm. of covering all the inaccessibility, especially with 3D printing, you could rapid prototype a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot closer than we think, I feel. So, so do you guys actually remember a time that technology worked against you? Like just by accident, those sorts of things? Actually, yeah, maybe like late last night, I was using Google Maps trying to get home. And then 
I think it was like late in the morning and you know, your brain isn't fully functioning. So I think I almost went into like the wrong, I don't know, street or whatever because of technology. But fortunately I did it because I just followed the car in front and it worked out. So like sometimes it's like, great, you have Google Maps. You don't need a street directory anymore. It's, it's live, it's accurate, it's active and you can follow that path. But sometimes it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to trust that. I'm just going to follow with what I see, my gut feel or physical signs. Hey, that's good. You, you still had your intuition <laughs> with you. <laughs> One of the rare cases, I'd say. <laughs> I, I think that brings about a good point because like Google Maps, people have said that depending on the location actually mm. has led to accidents because it wasn't accurate enough. Um, people trust well, it too much yeah people do trust it too much like when you trust technology a bit too much i i think for me like any technology that works worked against me like like i'm sure everyone's probably had that sort of encounter where you're supposed to use the smiley face suddenly there's a winky face it just gets into this really <laughs> awkward situation <laughs> like like that like those sorts of autocorrects like you you and, uh, and then like actually accidentally saying like the wrong word i think a lot of different sorts of chat applications are trying to fix that by like allow you to delete messages as well so that if you send the wrong emojis or send the wrong message that you can edit it um just so you know you get the right message across that, that reminded me of a typo I did for work. So this guy sent me, hey, Jay Jeff, can you do this for me? I'm like, give me, I was supposed to say, give me a sec. So second, <laughs> S-E-C. <I don't> <laughs> but yeah, my misspelt is like, give, give, give me a sec. Oh, oh gosh. That's fine. I fixed it. I fixed it. I'll, I'm having sex. <laughs> what, if, what if the guy comes back to you and says, okay, I'll do it. When? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you know, you know, you know, I did, you know, I did. I, I said, "Oops!" Oh wait, no, that wasn't a typo, and I gave him a winky face. <laughs> now we're even closer, friends. Even closer, work mates. So what? So what did you learn? Confidence is key. Yeah. <laughs> so did it work against me or with me? <laughs> okay, so now that we know the good and the bad, right? Like so. So now, during COVID-19, I guess, everyone's been relying a lot more on technology. But how would you guys actually turn off from technology? So, actually, this, this one is so hard, but I got a plug-in on Google. Wow. That... What? No, I just like, wow, you actually got a plug-in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Got a plug-in for Google that would turn off any YouTube recommendations. Because... As you all guys know, I work from home now and it's so easy to get distracted. And YouTube always recommends these really interesting videos. Nothing like, it's not... Like how Giraffe has a baby and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> random, but they're so interesting, right? And I spend hours and hours just watching them, just going through recommended after recommended. But finally got a plugin, got rid of all those recommendations. Oh. And I feel like I cut cut my technology usage in half oh wow in half yep that's how much that's how much time i procrastinate just going through youtube recommendations the youtube rabbit hole yeah youtube rabbit hole <laughs> do you do that as well jenny no it's 
I think it comes down to a lot of self-discipline for me. Um, I do, I, like, i got to be honest, when I first had a smartphone and all that, yeah, so when I first had a smartphone, um, I was really attached to it because it's so new, like, everything, everything's just so fresh and new to me. Um, and then, I don't know, like, it's, I guess, a year or, or a couple of years ago, um, started doing meditation and then I think that helped a lot although it sounds really weird it's like how how does that help but it it actually does it allows you to detach from a lot of things it allows you to focus and come back into uh the present so it then became a habit of not being so attached to my phone and also a habit that after I meditate every night um I just don't look at technology after that that sounds really good. How how much time do you spend meditating? Uh, it's just fifteen minutes a night, so it's it's actually Only. not too much. Yeah, so like I would say the minimum that you would want would be ten minutes, um, and then fifteen is just because I, I like it a little like slightly longer. Mm-hmm. So, how much technology did you cut out from your life just from those fifteen minutes of meditating? Odd. Uh, is I don't actually have like a tangible, like... anything tangible like yours. Um, but, but it sounds very beneficial. It is. Yeah. It actually is. Like, I'd say, you know how sometimes before you sleep, you just you just lay in bed and then you look at Facebook, Insta, you just scroll <laughs> through it. For, and, then, and then you're like, oh, yep. crap, it's 1am already. Like, this doesn't happen to me anymore. Mm. Um, like, you just don't lose track of time. Hey, that's extremely good because I still need to, I still need to get rid of that habit as well. We got rid of my YouTube habit. Now for the next one, which is just <laughs> looking on Reddit for until sleep. twelve steps, one a.m. Exactly. Mm. And then it it kind of becomes a cycle because you get better sleep, and then the better sleep you have, the more focused you are on the actual jobs that you have to do on the next day. And then because you're actually focused on something else, technology is no longer um, something that just distracts you that's a that's a that's a good point like meditation i feel like is a very good way to detach yourself from technology because of the fact that it allows you to be grounded in the present you you, you feel a lot more alert alert of your surroundings right after your meditation like, more aware mindful Ginny definitely is like put it in a <laughs> right way like the awareness is mm. the is, is the right word for it i would say Ginny's very woke, as the youngsters say. <laughs> but I, I think I think that makes me think that I do a form of meditation, not when I before I sleep, but I think going for daily walks. I think that in itself is like a med not really a meditation, but it kind of like like you said, grounds you, recenters you, because you're going outside away from technology, or you or you try to. Um, so if listen to like music, just kind of don't really think about anything. Don't think about social media. Don't think about what's been happening today. Just go out and be in the moment. Mm. I think I, I think similar to you, Dom, like that's kind of what I do. Like I usually go out for walks like after work, like right after work, I'll just go out to the oval behind my park, just have a general walk. And then another thing is, I'm not sure if you guys use it, but I actually use the Pomodoro timer. Do you, have, you, have you guys heard of it? 
So, so whenever I need to focus on work, I start the timer. So what the Pomodoro timer does is that you kind of allocate, so it, it can vary. So for me, I usually allocate around 40 minutes to an hour of focused work, right? And then afterwards, once the timer goes off, then I have 15 to 20 minutes of doing whatever I want. And then afterwards, I start it again. So I do another 40 minutes and I create, keep on doing that sort of cycle so that I could focus on what I actually wanted to do overall. Oh, I didn't know there was a method to, mm. that there was a name to that method yeah. because I do that with my drawings. Ah, and I, I didn't know it was a method because basically when I do studies, you shouldn't, you shouldn't study for longer than an hour mm. because mm. Um, when you study a painting for more than an hour you start looking into the details but you don't want to do that so you keep it an hour so you can study the painting of its overall style and look so i put a timer there and it's worked so well like it's become it's really it's been really helpful but it makes sense now that you say yeah. it's actually a method to help you concentrate i also try to another thing is like especially when i'm trying to focus i would definitely have a little bit of snacks or food right before mm -hmm. i start to focus because i know like from reading i'm not sure if you guys have read um thinking fast and slow but reading from reading from that book their studies realized that if your glucose levels are lower your brain will automatically go towards the default and you won't actually think as much as you should so you would always go for the more lazy answer and like what like one of the studies was that um judges so they would actually think more deeply into a particular case if they after lunch but if it was before lunch or close to lunch and they were getting hungry, so low on glucose levels, um, they would convict the actual person more because that's more of the, the default sort of thing. Damn. That also makes sense because I would eat a snack before drawing. <laughs> and I didn't know it was a method as well. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So now you guys are eating guilt-free. <laughs> eating guilt-free. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we veered off a little bit on the topic all the way to food, but we also talked a lot about technology and brains and everything. So I guess we see technology changing a lot in this day and age. So how do you guys want to see technology in the future or and how it should be used? Technology. More integration of robots. <laughs> um... But less integration of humans. No. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, meaning like... Robot do everything and the human enjoy life. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need some sort of challenge. Yeah, you can do like, I don't know. I feel that... No, they should take away all the menial tasks. Menial tasks. So you can do more exciting things. Yes. Or you do what you are passionate about. <laughs> that was long ass pause. <laughs> no, because the thing I'm thinking about yes. are the Boston Dynamic robots. Okay. Mm -hmm. And... By integration, I mean, I'm looking forward to how those robots can be developed into helping us, whichever way it is. I'm not sure in what way, Right. like you said, like to make, to give us a more exciting life. I, I'm not sure, but the way, the way Boston Dynamics is building the robots and how they're improving on it is looking very promising. Yeah. Cause like their robots started off not being able to handle like basic obstacles and things like that. Now they're so good that they can. I don't know, be more efficient than a human than say in like running an obstacle course or like delivering certain goods, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know where that could go. They say, you know, rescue and disaster rescue and stuff, mm. right? But with their technology, who knows? A lot of movies have shown that 
this usually bites, bites us back. <laughs> the, the robots <laughs> end up having a mind of their own and be like, why are you humans having all these luxury? And then we're yeah. the one who's doing all these like little jobs on the back. And then the yeah, it's a very and then it flips. <laughs> the three laws of a uh, robot. Yeah, yeah, the Asimov laws. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What are those? What are, so, what are I think it was the first one was robots can't harm humans. Robots need to listen to yeah. listen to humans. And the third one is that uh, the the second rule can't bypass the first rules. So. Practically, a human can't direct a robot to mm. harm a human. Yeah. So those are the three laws. Ah. It's basically just to like keep mankind safe, I guess. Yeah. As Will Smith uh, in the movie I Robot stated. <laughs> 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 but I mean, like, think about that future, right? Say you don't enjoy doing groceries. You can get you'd have a Boston Dynamics robot or whatever to do that for you so you could enjoy what you do what you are passionate about which is the cooking part yeah or like yeah, like so yeah I, I guess everyone would have varying uses for their robots and there are a lot of movies and films about this where people will take advantage of this like for me yeah like, like I think I think definitely it would be interesting seeing how robots integrate within the society for me I'm a bit mixed for the robots because I actually rolled in a robot within a factory. I'm not sure if I told you guys, but within my internship, I was rolling in a, a robot into a factory. And the moment I rolled it in, like all the factory workers were just looking at me. Like, like they- You're taking their jobs. Yeah, exactly, right? Like uh, a, a lot of them were like kind of annoyed and like they, they actually seemed like a bit angry as well. Like it, it seemed like we were taking away their jobs. Um, which in, in reality it is, right? Like you are automating a lot of the low skilled jobs and work or the menial tasks. So I think like how I see it is like technology is great, but I think we need to consider the consequences of it. That before we actually make it or do it. Like just because we can doesn't mean we should. Right? Like we, we need to think a bit deeper into what happens as the effect of it rather than it being a reactive approach of oh crap like some people are automated what do we do <laughs> oh right yeah i think it's a very deep topic that <laughs> a lot into okay awesome so i guess very interesting perspectives on technology that we discussed today and hopefully we see some of these in the future and we hope all our listeners uh learned a little bit more about technology and will be a bit more mindful about using it every day if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts with new episodes coming out every week. If you're on Spotify, don't forget to switch on notifications to get informed of new episodes released as soon as they come out. Catch you next Monday. Mm-hmm.